Welcome to Your Financial Planet podcast with David Valier and the Synergy Capital Solutions team. This is the show that brings you synergistic financial strategies to help you enjoy the fullness of today and empower your next generation. Join us for this journey to help you synergize your finances. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our 34th episode of Your Financial Planet. As always, I'm your host. Today, we are joined by the director of our investment committee, Eric Nahat. Eric, first of all, congratulations on your new title. Thank you very much. You've been doing a great job keeping the rest of us on the committee on point for some time. So very (laughs) well-deserved. Congratulations. Thank you. I do my best. Um, and I, to listeners, I apologize right off the onset here. Uh, we spent the weekend, um, I spent the weekend coaching and cheering for our, our 12 year old youth hockey team. So my, my voice is a little weak this morning, but, uh, it was, if I can brag on them for two seconds, Eric, they were, it was a super exciting season. Uh, we've got 15, 11 and 12 year olds. Uh, they ended up winning the state tournament. Uh, they only lost three games all year in, and finished the year ranked third in the nation. So um pretty proud of those boys. <laughs> it must have been the coaching. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least the yelling, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so for listeners, I appreciate you allowing me to, to brag on our boys for a minute, but uh, really want to talk to you about uh, a market update. Talk. We, we've kind of followed this format uh, so far this year, talking about the pandemic, some uh, economic growth numbers. Uh, we talked a little bit about the equity markets, fixed income. So Eric, what I was thinking is we would we would fo- continue to follow that format and really break it down into kind of two categories, what we've seen recently, and then what we, what we think about, uh, you know, is coming around the corner, what we're looking for with the pandemic. You know, obviously, I don't want to spend a lot of time there today. Obviously, vaccines have been distributed. I think a lot of us are starting to feel like Recovery is on the way there. Um, so let's move straight ahead to talking about the economy. Talk to us about what, what we've seen recently in the economy. Sounds good to me. So uh, we continue to see a, a rebound in economic growth. Um, the, the growth in the U.S. has been driven by uh, a resurgence of activity, um, low interest rates, and unprecedented fiscal response. Uh, the fourth quarter 2020 real GDP is tracking to around 4.2%. And we've seen, uh, I'd say, some more choppy data from the beginning of this year, um, but expect March numbers to be much better. Uh, unemployment has worked down to 6.2%. Corporate profits have fared, be- fared better than, than initially expected uh, and, and still ha- have strong growth expected for the rest of this year in 2022. So we're definitely seeing more positives and negative negatives out there from an economic perspective. Okay, great. So talk to me about the equity markets. I know they, they've had a run here. Give us some color there. Equity markets definitely uh, have continued their run. So we actually just hit the anniversary of the March 23rd, 2020 market low, and equity markets are up roughly 75% since then. Um, so equity markets have been great over the past 12 months. Uh, though we have seen a shift in the market leaders. So since early November, value stocks have outperformed growth and small cap stocks have outperformed large cap stocks, which with each of those uh, moves reversing uh, what was definitely a multi-year trend. 
In our portfolios, we saw a resurgence of those value-oriented companies such as energy, uh, industrials, financials uh, that have outperformed. Uh, a lot of this change was driven by a recent rise in long-term interest rates. So in an environment of low interest rates and slow growth, investors were willing to pay up or, or, or reach for tech or disruptor type uh, companies that could deliver significant growth in the future. In a higher interest rate environment, the, the cost of capital is higher and investors start to look more closely at valuation. Uh, that for us is a perfect example of, of why we think it's important to have a, a level of diversification and global exposure. Um, for us, we want to have high quality stocks uh, that were an anchor during the volatility, for example, uh, but also opportunistic exposure to some of the more cyclical areas that are starting to recover. You know, that's really interesting talking about how people respond to interest rates relative to stocks. Oftentimes, I think investors don't put that together. It's a really interesting point you make there. Let's talk about what I think most people think about when they think about interest rates. And let's talk about fixed income. Talk to us about what you've observed there, or for our listeners, what we would call bonds. Yeah. So fixed income or bonds uh, definitely had an interesting quarter. Uh, the Barclays Aggregate Index was down close to 3.5%, to global bonds down more. So fixed income assets sold off uh, pretty quickly as rates went up. Uh, the 10-year treasury yield, which is uh, one of the, the main metrics for measuring interest rates, uh, has risen almost a full 1% since the election. That's been driven by expectations of, of increased growth, but also inflation. Uh, partially due to the, the $1.9 trillion in stimulus that, that's going to start coming to the economy here. Um, that could push the Federal Reserve to, to raise interest rates quicker than initially anticipated. So that's why we've seen that move. Uh, we've had portfolios positioned with a much shorter duration or exposure to that interest rate change. Uh, so that's definitely helped them outperform in, in this type of rising interest rate environment that we've seen. Um, in portfolios, we've also uh, looked to add exposure to areas of the fixed income market that may outperform in a rising interest rate environment. So uh, holding such a, a, as floating rate preferred stocks and uh, active managers that can move quickly in and out of certain investments in this kind of environment. Yeah, I know that when uh, when interest rates move, we certainly make our money on, on uh, taking care of the fixed income and, and being able to keep duration as as narrow as possible, but also pull out yield from there. So um, those are always interesting conversations in, in our investment committee meetings. Um, so let me let me transition us from kind of what we've just seen and talk about potentially what's ahead. And for this part of the conversation, Eric, I'd like to pull COVID back in and start there. Talk to us about what we're watching for in as we talk about COVID for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. yeah, and with COVID, it's, it's really going to be the, the rollout of, of vaccinations. Um, as I think uh, most people have seen, uh, things continue to get better uh, on that front. Um, from uh, an economic and a market perspective, uh, we're almost uh, essentially saying that uh, COVID uh, is in the past and, and we're going to look forward past that. Uh, obviously, we're not out of the clear yet. Uh, case numbers uh, continue to, to, to spike up every once in a while and go back down. Um, but from an economic and a market perspective, recovery is well on its way. And, and are you seeing that just, just for listeners' sake, but 
because the market is forward looking is really why you're you're seeing that, correct? Exactly, exactly. Um, and so the mark, uh, the market, and, and from an economic perspective, the market generally uh, will price in things before they happen. And so I mentioned that we hit the the market low in uh, about uh, a year ago, so March twenty third, twenty twenty. Obviously, we had a whole lot of issues of COVID ahead of us there, but the markets hit their low then, and then started to recover, looking looking past uh, past that initial drawdown. And, and so, it's going to be the same type of thing now. And um, markets uh, expect continued recovery economically uh, as they week. So, we expect to continue to move from uh, recovery to expansion uh, with that pace to be determined depending on vaccine distribution, which is picking up, and then tax and regulation changes. And uh, the boost of an additional $1.9 trillion in, in stimulus, uh, with that, uh, we could see real GDP growth uh, in the U.S. of, of 6 to 7% in 2021. Um, we see still tremendous pent-up demand from the consumer, and consumer spending could jump 15 to 20% in 2021. Uh, consumers have Three trillion dollars in pent up savings, and it's not just all the, the stimulus boosted savings, but there, there's close to trillion dollars in compensation gains coming as jobs return. Uh, and and for example, uh, for for people trying to buy a house right now, we've seen that consumer strength reflected in the strength of the housing market. Um, so that's 2021, 2022 and beyond. Uh, we would expect growth to moderate or, or slow down to to more normal levels. We're watching inflation, uh, we're watching interest rates, taxes, and, and the impact of other regulation and politics on the economy. Um, we're expecting an environment where we see high government spending and higher taxes to fund that spending. Uh, on the tax side, we expect both corporate and individual tax increases, though it's hard to say for certain what exactly those increases are yet. You know, it's really interesting as you're talking there, I'm reflecting back to a year ago when we started this podcast, we were talking about how the consumer was really driving the market. And then we put everybody on the sidelines and shut the economy down for a time. So it's really, in some respects, refreshing, but also interesting to hear, you know, you've got all this pent up demand and certainly consumers over the last 12 months, you know, changed their behavior and we're doing more online consumption and so forth, but really interesting statistics there. Let's let's change the conversation a little bit. Let's talk about equities. What are we watching for? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, as, as I mentioned, we hit uh, the first anniversary of, of last year's market lows. Uh, year one of a recovery uh, generally has people saying, "Wow, I can't believe the market's up uh, so much while our economy is so bad." So that's year one. Year two, which we're now in, generally has those same people saying the economy looks so much better. Uh, but why has the market slowed down? And, and as we talked about before, that's because the markets are, are always looking forward to the future. And with market valuations more stretched than they were a year ago, my expectations are more tempered for going forward. Um, when you look at year two of a bull market, performance tends to be much more in line with historical averages. And it, it's rarely a straight line getting there. Uh, but we continue to see positives. So uh, S&P operating earnings uh, could be up to uh, up close to 30% this year. And the economic backdrop is, is still definitely supportive of risk assets. Um, for us, 
diversification remains key. We want to have exposure to U.S. stocks. We want to have exposure to, to international stocks, uh, growth stocks, value stocks, et cetera. Uh, we want to have exposure to, to high quality stocks that have strong cash flows and, and competitive advantages and, and, and management, but also recovery holdings and say the, the energy, the financials and, and the travel oriented spaces. Okay. And so let, let's take that conversation. And we talked about interest rates on the rise. Um, what are we anticipating ahead for fixed income? Mm-hmm. So on the fixed income side, we do expect the yield curve to steepen over time, though uh, the recent movement that we saw uh, over the last couple of months, I'd say, is more dramatic than we would expect going forward. Uh, and I think that the middle area of that curve, uh, say that that, that that 10-year treasury, will likely steepen uh, more than, than the longer end, um, say the 30-year, the uh, driven by... Uh, the fact that the international bonds still have much, much lower yields than uh, the U.S., and there's always going to be demand for that long end of the curve, and with more demand, uh, yields will be pressed down. Last summer, the Federal Reserve adopted an average inflation targeting strategy, meaning that it could allow inflation to run above its 2% target to compensate from the low inflation that we've seen in recent history. So they're essentially saying that that the issues of unemployment and underemployment are more important to fix than the worry of rising inflation. And right now, it looks like the Fed will be successful in engineering that inflation. Uh, eventually, the Federal Reserve may need to raise interest rates to curb down that inflation. But given their policy change, we'd expect interest rates to remain low for, for at least the next 12 to 18 months. Um, in portfolios, we continue to maintain a, a, a shorter average duration or that exposure to interest rate change uh, and, and what is still close to an all-time low interest rate environment. Uh, and that's definitely benefited portfolios here today. Okay, and there's two things that popped out there that I, I'd like to just kind of pull back. And you know, not all of our listeners understand what duration is. Not all of our listeners understand uh, the term yield curve. Do you mind just kind of walking back through that and just giving us a brief explanation. So uh, the, the yield curve is essentially lays out, uh, if you were to lend money uh, with the, the same credit quality, so the same amount of, of risk um, for lending, uh, but at different points over time, generally, the longer that you lend funds, uh, the more uncertainty there's going to be. And so you'd expect to be compensated for that over time. And so in a normal yield curve environment, uh, we generally see lower interest rates on the shorter end um, that rise over time to higher interest rates on that longer end to, to, to help compensate for that uncertainty. Um, and so the, they look, they'll look anywhere from, say, uh, three months on the short end to uh, 30 years on the long end. And there's a lot of different factors that that will coming into play there on the short end of the curve, uh, the Federal Reserve, if people hear about the Federal Reserve and how they affect interest rates, they're able to, to generally affect the short end of the curve um, and say that that, that that one month, that three month range. Uh, the 30 year side of it is going to have so much more uncertainty in terms of interest rates, in terms of economic growth, uh, in terms of uh, um, ability to pay that 
there's a, a lot of unknown factors there. And, and from a projection standpoint, uh, people tend to rather look at, at, say, somewhere in between, like that 10-year treasury. And so that's why you hear so much about the, the 10-year treasury. Uh, duration is essentially your exposure to interest rate changes. And so um, as duration goes up, if interest rates move up, you would expect your bond prices or the value of your bonds to move down lower and lower. Um, and so when you look at, at investing in fixed income, two of the main risks that you see are the credit risk or uh, will the person that you lend money to be able to pay you back? but also interest rate risk or, or duration risk, which is uh, if interest rates move, um, uh, is my bond worth the same amount? And, and uh, for example, say you had a bond that was $100 and you were able to lend it to someone and, and, and they would pay you 5% on it. Um, but the interest rate in market changes the next day and all of a sudden you could lend that same amount uh, and someone would pay you 10% on it. Obviously, the bond that someone's going to pay you 5% on isn't going to be worth as much anymore. And so that that's the way to look at duration and, and that exposure to interest rate changes. Got it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know, I know that interest rates and fixed income can sometimes be complex. So I appreciate taking a second mm-hmm. to do that. So let's let's talk about any any last thoughts that you'd like to share that you'd like our listeners to know that we're thinking about. Uh, here at Synergy? I would say that there's always going to be uncertainty when it comes to investing. We expect markets to be more of a grind at this point in the recovery, but uh, it's always important to remember that markets are are forward-looking. And this is still a young bull market and still a young recovery. Uh, You don't want to let uh, emotion cloud your judgment. You want to stick to your long-term plan we continue to believe that that timing the market is not a viable strategy and, and that you want to continue to uh, abide to predetermined strategic asset allocation and rebalancing approaches. Um, and then any new cash assets uh, should be dollar cost average or phased into uh, over time into, long, into long-term holdings. Good stuff. I appreciate it. So for listeners, uh, we have been, and we've been talking about this for the majority of of 2021, we'll continue to talk about this sort of ongoing series of collaborating with other advisors. Obviously, today, we took a break from that to talk about our thoughts on the market. And and Eric, really appreciate you coming on and and sharing your thoughts. Um, So for listeners, though, coming up, we will be bringing on other professionals to talk about estate planning, trust administration, um, some other things like that. Uh, you can always reach out to us. If you have questions or special requests, please uh, reach out to us at hello, H-E-L-L-O, at Synergy Capital Solutions. And you can uh, access our our, uh, podcast and all of our resources on our website at synergycapitalsolutions.com. For those of you that that choose not to uh, access your financial planet through our website, uh, please subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or wherever, whichever podcasting service you prefer. And as always, we thank you so much for your time. We look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Planet, the Synergize Your Capital podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. 
Synergy Capital Solutions is a financial planning and investment management firm registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. And with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk. And there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Synergy Capital Solutions and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Synergy Capital Solutions and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisors before establishing a retirement plan.